Welcome to room 4216. I'm so glad you've come. Hello, Cecilia. How are you today? Hello, Pastor Dave. I am fine. I am glad to know that you are functioning within parameters. Normal parameters. Indeed. We have a show to put on today. Are you ready? I am quite ready. Then let us begin. We continue with our reading of Luke chapter 4. We're at verse 31 and following. Then Jesus went down to Capernaum, a town in Galilee, and on the Sabbath day he began to teach the people. They were amazed at his teaching because his message had authority. In the synagogue there was a man possessed by a demon, an evil spirit, he cried out at the top of his voice, Ha! What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, Jesus said sternly. Come out of him. Then the demon threw that man down before them all and came out of him, without injuring him. All the people were amazed and said to each other, What is this teaching? With authority and power he gives orders to evil spirits, and they come out. And the news about him spread throughout the surrounding area. Jesus left the synagogue and went to the home of Simon. Now Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever, and they asked Jesus to help her. So he bent over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her. She got up at once and began to wait on them. When the sun was setting, the people brought to Jesus all who had various kinds of sickness, and laying his hands on each one, he healed them. Moreover, demons came out of many people, shouting, You are the Son of God! But he rebuked them, and would not allow them to speak, because they knew he was the Christ. At daybreak, Jesus went out to a solitary place. The people were looking for him, and when they came to where he was, they tried to keep him from leaving them. But he said, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also, because that is why I was sent. And he kept on preaching in the synagogues of Judea. One of the things I love to do when I'm teaching Bible class is read a section of scripture and then just toss this question out. So, any comments, thoughts, or questions after hearing the reading? 
You really dare to ask that with me around? <sighs> silly, silly, stupid me. Mm-hmm. Well, it's out, so... Okay. Jesus drives out a demon. Is yes, he did. And, uh... Yes, he did. And yes, he did. Okay, I think we're done. I didn't even ask the questions yet. Well, I think the answer, anything related to Jesus is yes. <sighs> All right, what were you going to ask specifically? Well, how did a demon-possessed man get into the synagogue in the first place? Um, what is Jesus doing here? I mean... Oh my gosh, I don't even know where to start. Well, let's start with what it started with. He was teaching in the synagogue. Remember, he had just come from being baptized. Um, he, what did we have last week? He had week? met the devil. Um, mm -hmm. The devil attempted him. And then last week, mm -hmm. uh, um, uh, he was rejected by his own people in Nazareth. And so he is a traveling speaker or teacher. And so he is speaking to them about the good news of the kingdom of God. Not rules and regulations that you got to keep. And if you do it well enough, if everybody does 613 laws, then perhaps the kingdom will come. No, he's saying the kingdom is here. God is present. And he's speaking to them words of comfort. Not that he's shying away from, from stern words of law that we've broken the commandments, but how God will forgive and he makes a way. The people were amazed at how he spoke. Not just because he had words. He spoke with, as it said, authority. He lived what he spoke. That's the thing I think we first need to point mm -hmm. out. Not jump to the to the wow bang hoopla of a of a, of, a, of a control over the evil world. That's what everybody else wanted, and we forget that Jesus's primary three year job was to teach. As he taught, he healed. As he taught, then mm -hmm. he did miracles. To undergird and support the fact that he was the son of God. Okay, now we come to this demon. And he again showed it. Just as he showed down the devil in the desert. Oh, I kind of like that. Showed down the devil in hmm. the desert. He did so with the demons here today. No, not quite the... the, the well, anyway. Um, yeah, and the people were amazed that he had such a power. Because they even said he not only speaks it, but they listen. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, but let's not go past this thing too fast. I mean, again, how did this demon get in the synagogue in the first place? Was he hiding? And all of a sudden when Jesus is there, whoa, now they realize there's a demon among them? Or, or what? Odds are that this man was demon-possessed. There was a crowd coming because of Jesus. This might not have been a regular attendee. It is my contention... And I have Bible verses which we'll give in the next segment about this. Yes, next segment. That if one is a believer in God, they cannot be possessed by the devil. They can be influenced. 
they can take great and small suggestions from the devil and the demons. So but, oppressed, but not possessed. Correct. There is a huge difference. Mm. Huge difference. And we'll get to that in the next segment. My guess is this man was possessed. Because it said so. Not a guess. But he was, my guess is that he was one of the many people from the town who didn't go to the synagogue, but who just came because this guest preacher was in town and they'd heard about him. And what was the point of the demon and his words? What did he say again? Ah! What do you want with us? Have you come to destroy us? He was trying to scare everybody away. The devil does not like it when Jesus is in control. The devil doesn't like it when Jesus and his words of comfort and love and forgiveness through the cross are spoken. And so the devil was trying to be a rabble-rouser, crowd-carrying monster to scare the people. And Jesus just didn't want anything to do with it. Yeah, but he also said, we know you are the Holy One of God. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that have brought comfort to the people, knowing that... No. Again, the no, devil was trying they to... they didn't know Jesus. Mm, that's right. They didn't know God is a God of grace. They're, the God they knew was a God of vengeance and and strict obedience. And that's why the devil and his demons were saying what they were saying. said in the last segment that you don't believe a Christian can be possessed by a demon. Right. Uh, but I've heard other preachers say that, oh, yes, they can. Hmm. So, you want to give us your My verses? Reasoning? Sure. It's based on the Bible, too. I'll, 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 I'll share these verses, and then I'll talk a little bit about them, too, okay. okay? First one is from 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. Paul says, Do you not know that your body is a temple for the Holy Spirit, who is in you, very important, whom you have received from God. You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. Okay? Hmm. Now, I want one more verse from 1 Corinthians. This is now from chapter 12, uh, verse 2 and 3. You know that when you were pagans... Somehow or another, you were led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I tell you that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God can say, Jesus be cursed, nor can anyone say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Spirit. From these two verses, it's, from my mind, clear If you are a Christian, you are confessing Jesus, you have the Spirit of God, and He dwells in you. There's no way the Holy Spirit, because He bought you at a price, is going to share property with a demon. No way at all. Here's a couple more verses that kind of, with that said now, can also undergird this thought. From Colossians uh, chapter 1, verse 13 and 14. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness. Let's pick up on that dominion of darkness and the dark world. And brought us into the 
the kingdom of the Son, whom he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. How can you be in both places at once? You can't! And here's one more from 1 John uh, chapter 1. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of his Son purifies us from all sin. Now, I know some will say, well, are we really walking in the light? Well, actually, if you confess Jesus as your Savior and are trusting that he died for your sins, you are in the light. You're not in the darkness. And if you're in the light, the demons run from the light because they want the darkness. What place does darkness have with the light? None. That's why I think that uh, because the Holy Spirit dwells within us, because we were bought and uh, at a high price, and God's not about to share his investment with the evil world, that we can't be possessed by both God and a demon at the same time. Okay, but I do have a question. Yeah. As usual. Uh, it says that n- no one who, sa- who, who uh, says that Jesus is Lord mm-hmm. uh, is a that demons can't say Jesus is Lord or whatever, right? right? right. Mm-hmm. But this demon that we just read about said clearly that Jesus is the Son of God. Ah, yeah, okay, it's the way it's said. Also, there's a verse from James. Uh, you say that uh, uh, you believe in God? Good! The devil believes and trembles too. When this verse in 1 Corinthians 12 is saying Jesus is Lord, it means as though you believe he's Lord, your Lord. Now the demon, when he screams, I know who you are, he's not saying it in faith and love and trust. He's saying it out of hatred. Okay, another question about the the demon. Well, um, you know, can we move on? There's so much else than demons here. We we've talked a lot about demon possession. There's more to this section here at the end of Luke chapter four. Let's let's move on to some of those things. Uh, all right. Well, it says that Jesus left the synagogue and went to Simon's house. Mm-hmm. Simon's mother-in-law was sick with a high fever. Yeah, high fever. That really meant that there's more than just a fever. Something else was probably going on. It, it's very serious. And they didn't have medicines like we have. That meant probably death was imminent. Mm. So they asked Jesus to help her. He bent over her and he rebuked the fever. Hmm. Aha! Uh-huh. Now fever? wait a minute. In verse 40, when the sun was setting, the people brought to Jesus all who had various kinds of sicknesses, and laying his hands on each one, he healed them. Moreover, demons came out of many people, shouting, You are the Son of God. But Jesus rebuked them and would not allow them to speak because they knew he was the Christ. That fill, follows the very question I wanted to ask. Okay, yeah, why? Well, we're talking about rebuke here. Mm-hmm. First, he rebukes a fever. Then, he rebukes the demons. Well, why would... 
why would he rebuke a fever? A fever is a physical illness. Well, the other parts in Luke, we will read that he rebuked the wind and the waves. Uh, also, mm-hmm. the uh, in Matthew, it says that when they're bringing little kids to Jesus, the disciples rebuked them. Rebuke means a stern uh, censuring or a stern, not more than a warning, more like get away, almost a punishment or a, a negative, stop it. Mm. The, the word rebuke means uh, that, that it's wrong, you've got to do differently. Like a leash correction for a guide dog. Ah, yeah. Yep. Oh, okay. So he rebukes the fever. Mm-hmm. I think I begin to get that now. It, it is demonstrating that he has power over many things, not just the spiritual world when he rebukes demons, but the natural world as well, that of sickness and illness and as I mentioned with the wind and the waves, also the natural world of, of phenomenon. Jesus is all-powerful. So where some people might say, well, that fever was an evil spirit, you're not saying that. Not at all. And I know, and I can see why people are tying it together. He rebuked the demon, he rebuked the fever, but he rebuked the wind and the waves. He rebukes, there's many things. And I can see why people say that uh, he, he's rebuking demons because here he did. He rebuked the fever and then he rebuked the demon. But don't forget, he also rebuked the wind and the waves. It just means a strong sense of no, stop it, do differently. All right, but I still do not understand. Um, he rebukes the demons and would not allow them to speak because they knew, the demons knew, mm-hmm. He was the Christ. Right. Well, why rebuke the demons for acknowledging him as Ah, being the Christ, yeah. Well, there's a couple reasons. One, um, a couple reasons come to mind. First off, at the very end of this, the people uh, came to him out in the desert, and what did they want him to do? They wanted him to stay with them. Yeah, and what did Jesus say? I... I have to go. I have to preach the good news in other, other cities. cities. Yeah, when you find something good, you want to hold on to it. You can be our local preacher. You can be our ro- local miracle man. You can be our, our local witch doctor. They had the wrong idea of the Messiah. And the demons would be more than happy to give the wrong idea of who Jesus is. Because if they can't beat him in who he is, then let's distort who he is. And Jesus didn't want that, because he was having a hard enough time to help people understand the reason he was here to begin with. I don't understand. What do you mean that that they could distort who he is? Oh, he's a mighty God. He's almighty, powerful. You better bow down and worship him. You better fear him. And they, they would hold on to him in, for the wrong reasons. Instead of love and mercy and forgiveness, it would be out of fear oh. and out of... Uh, of uh, a thought of he can give us what we want rather than uh, what he wants like to give us. Kind of like we talked about in the last segment. Indeed. That, or this is the king of Israel. You know, they're, they're distorting it because they wanted to be freed from Roman oppression. Right. Ah. Right. Uh, Jesus wants to tell why he is here. He wants to tell the story. He wants to hold the story so that we get the story correct. And that's why he wouldn't let the people of, of this town, or any town, hold him as the local magic celebrity. man, mm-hmm. a celebrity. Because this was for all people in the whole world, and, and that includes, Cecilia, you and me. 
It's not just by space, but also time. He is here to love and forgive and to teach you and me. I do see we have some time left on our invisible clock. Yeah. Uh, and I really don't think it's a good idea to go into the next chapter. Yeah, probably not. It'd get us too sidetracked and too much time. So, do you have any other things you want to talk about in this section? I, I can see two things that really jump out that we haven't talked about. Okay. Number one is when Jesus rebuked the fever, it was so that she could serve. Now, this isn't meant to be um, saying women are always to be serving, because we can no. see where Jesus uh, blessed men, and then they were able to serve as well. How many times have I seen you serving in that household? Sure. The, the point here is, is Jesus touches, blesses, so we might serve him and his kingdom with a glad heart. Second thing that comes to mind with this is it mentioned that people brought uh, lots of people who were ill and sick uh, after sunset. Well, first, this was after the Sabbath, and people wouldn't bring people during the Sabbath because that would have broken their Sabbath law, carrying people and doing work. Oh, hadn't thought of that. Yeah, yeah. So they brought them after sunset. But more to my point is what I'm noticing is that when it says Jesus healed all kinds of diseases, it didn't say that he gave health and healing to every single person in Israel. No. But he did enough so people could see that he was God and had power and control over all various types. And that's significant because sometimes you get, why doesn't Jesus give it to me? He gave it to them. Well, he didn't give it to everybody back then. Just enough to demonstrate he's God, so that when he says, I am the resurrection and the life, you believe in me, you shall live, we can take comfort in believing he will give us life. Those are the two things that come to my mind. Okay. You have anything? We've got just a little bit of time left. Oh, and with so little time, I hate to bring this up. You're going to kill me. I'll try not to. I'd have to train another co-host. Yeah, that's true. No. Um, some think that mental illness is demonic possession. Ah. Or some discount demonic possession as it's really mental illness. Yep. And that's been done throughout history. Um, Even some of our great teachers and reformers, Martin Luther did that, as we look back and and, and treated people who probably had a mental illness as though demon-possessed. Yeah. Um, I'm going to make it real simple here. Part of what I'd like to say is what has already been said. Demon possession is when the devil is in complete control, and that means you have nothing to do with Jesus, you'll scream and yell, you'll want to curse God, and have nothing to do with him. So my guess is anybody who's listening to this is not doing that, but they're, they're saying, I believe in you, Jesus. And so they're not possessed. Because if the Holy Spirit's possessing you, that's when you can say Jesus is Lord. So if then there is depression or other things, then it would be truly a mental illness. 
Now, I don't want to get into all that because that's a whole field. Oh, boy, is it ever. But we have learned from this field, just as when somebody breaks a leg or an arm, uh, that there's things that can be done to help healing come so you can use your arm again. Same is true with the mind, with the mental illness. or uh, it, it, Some of it is a chemical imbalance. Some of it is actually neurons and nerves aren't fully developed because of the use of drugs in utero. There's a whole host of reasons. What I want to go to is, if you can say, Jesus is my Savior, I trust in Him, then it's not demon possession. But then it's going to be the mental illness thing. And then turning to those doctors to ask for help, just like you turn to a doctor to ask for help when you break an arm. Or when you have a virus. It's a good thing. They have great help to give to you. And can a Christian be depressed? Sure. If you can say, I trust you, Jesus, and yet this life's miserable. Well, that odds are that's the mental illness speaking. As long as there's faith, trusting, and looking to God... God's in control. And ultimately what he wants is just as with Peter's mother-in-law to help us to be able to serve. Because that's what gives meaning and purpose to our lives. That we can be of service to others. have accomplished our task and have completed a show, would you please give them the information to write us? If you wish to engage us in conversation via the computer, you can do so by writing to info, I-N-F-O, at not-alone, N-O, T dash A L O N E dot N E T and never forget, never forget, never forget, we are not alone. I will lead you who are blind by the ways you have not known along unfamiliar paths. I will guide you. I will turn the darkness into light before you and make the rough places smooth. (laughs) These are the things I will do. I will not forsake you. Do come back again to room 4216. Credits. Our sincere thanks go to Terry Nord and Robert Vaughn for their interlude music. Why was the robot angry? I do not know. People kept pushing its buttons. Ha, ha, ha. What is a robot's favorite music? I lack knowledge of this. Heavy metal. Ha, ha, ha. What do you get when you cross a robot 
and a tractor? I do not know. A transformer? Grown, grown, grown. Does R2-D2 have any brothers? I do not know. He does not. He only has transistors. Ha, ha, ha. What do you call a pirate droid? I lack knowledge of this. Arg to D to. Why did the robot cross the road? This is an illogical question. There is irrefutable data demonstrating that a robot can cross the road. What is the answer? Because he was programmed by a chicken. That does not compute.